This is probably going to be a pretty short rumination because this is one of those episodes uh, that I like. And I just don't have much to say about it. It's just generally enjoyable. <clears throat> I do like... Well, talk more about that in a minute. I, I do like how the episode starts on economic stories. I actually have I've discovered over the years, and I know this is going to sound so stupid, <clears throat> that there's some kind of stories that just about anyone will find interesting. What I mean by that is, if I was to tell you a riveting tale of um, chemistry and discovering new chemical byproducts and, and combinations and whatnot, I'm pretty sure most people would be like, oh. but there are some people who would just be like, oh, tell me more. You know, right on the edge of their seats, right? It's kind of the same thing with economic stories and me. And I have a feeling that's kind of how the Ferengi operate in general. Although, what I do find interesting is it's not like the audience didn't like his story. After all, if nothing else, it means they get their whatever maple syrup thing. So that's nice, right? But what I also like about that is it kind of helps to showcase how much Quark is starting to drift more and more away from being a typical Ferengi. Oh, he's still a Ferengi, don't mistake. But he's obviously caring to the point where he, it actually bothers him that all of the attention is drawn away, that all of the heroics is drawn away by people who happen to go behind enemy lines and, and do reconnaissance and blah, blah, blah. You know, that kind of a thing, right? <clears throat> so he tries. So once he finds out word about the Grand Nagus and about Ishka, he's like, okay... We're going to do that. We're going to commando raid, and we're going to make it work, by golly. So he recruits several people, and there's a nice scene. It's actually a series of scenes, and each one is shot in a slightly different angle to the point where each shot almost feels like it's making a full circle, if, if that makes any sense. Like, if you were to pay attention to how they use the camera. So here, then it's here, then it's here, then it's here. And it just adds a nice conclusory nature to it, especially since at the end of each scene they'll be like, and then, and then. And they keep doing it silently as they're counting up their squad. It's a nice touch. But what it really does is it showcases the most important character in all of Deep Space Nine. Cisco. <laughs> Alright, I gotta talk about this. Because uh, I don't actually remember if this has come up before on the show. I have actually discussed this concept several times in person with other, uh, with other geeks, with other friends, truck fans, because there's a concept when it comes to television. It boils down to you're guaranteed a slot. Now, not everyone is guaranteed a slot. In fact, actually, I've done a little looking into this since then. In Deep Space Nine, only one character is guaranteed a slot. Now, there are reasons for this, political reasons mostly, that go back to the idea of the, you know, the main character. There has to be a main character on the show, and that person has to have, you know, all the oomph of the show, and they need to make sure that their career is the one that's being pushed the hardest, so more actors are going to be more interested in portraying that role, and you get the general gist of this. Uh, this has been true on, I believe, every Star Trek, with the exception of Discovery, because nowadays television has changed rather substantially. I'm not even sure if this is actually a thing anymore. <clears throat> but it was for all the previous Star Treks, including TOS, actually, although to a lesser extent. But I want to mention it in this episode because it is never more blatant than in this episode, where Cisco basically only gets two scenes. 
One is the, you know, they, they walk out of the thing and he's just sitting there like, can I help you? And the other is him turning over Keevan. Now, I mention that because the turning over Keevan thing was actually kind of adjusted slightly later on in the, in the production cycle, which is related to something I'll talk about in just a moment. But my point is, they made sure Cisco had a scene, even in a way that otherwise had nothing to do with anything, just to make sure that Avery Brooks was there on the set that day. You see this, if you really pay attention to it, across all of the Star Trek franchise. And I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing, but at the same time, I do kind of think it's a bad thing, because I think it inherently limits the range of the camera, to put it into such terminology. If you always have to have Picard, if you always have to have Cisco, etc., well, then you're always going to have to write your story in a way that they are present in some manner or another. And that's going to limit your storytelling. Just my thoughts on the matter. It's worth noting, though, that quite a few people have done some good work with stretching this format out, despite this limitation. Lower Decks on TNG, uh, Distant Origin on Voyager, this episode on Deep Space Nine. So it's not like it's completely limiting. I just wanted to comment on it briefly, because I'm a geek. I don't know. Let me tell you about economics and the production of television. That's really what you're here to listen to, right? No, you're here about Star Trek, which, however, before we talk about Star Trek, I have to mention one of the reasons I love this episode so much. Continuity. <laughs> this might be one of the most continuity episodes in this entire show. Seriously, think about this for a second. So Lek was just an unnamed background character. But we have Ishka, who was supposed to be Zek, which I'll talk about. Well, originally they were going to have it be Zek was captured, and that's why this is such a big brouhaha. But uh, instead, they couldn't get him. They couldn't get the actor. So it's like, okay, uh, we'll make it Ishka instead. And there was some rewrites and some readjustings as a consequence of that, which I referenced earlier. But we've got Ishka, Zek. We've got Keevan, Brunt, Gala, um, obviously Rom, Nog, Quark. And I think this is all the big ones. Nope, I'm wrong. Because this episode also references events of previous episodes connected to these characters, like what happened with Brunt and what happened with Gala. And it also references the events of the, the six-episode arc, you know, with Quark rescuing Kira. So that's in there. And they go to Empok Nor, which has since been cleared out and emptied, and now they can turn the lights on, as their trade spot. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Season 6 and 7 is when the recurring element really started to become a thing in Deep Space Nine. Which is funny, because from I've done a little looking into this and why it was suddenly a thing, and near as I can tell, the only thing that really changed was actually of Season 7. But having read all of the interviews and the behind-the-scenes stuff about Season 7, to me, from, from an analytical perspective, it seems to apply to Season 6 equally. So... I don't know. Anyways, so they bring in Nog with the title, they bring in Lek with a challenge, they bring in Gala by clearing his record, and they bring in Brunt because he's got a ship and he's trying to get back in. So, of course, they try to commando raid it, and that goes um, exactly how you'd expect it to. Now, this is, I think, where this episode succeeds. All of these people do have talents. They are just being forced to do things that are not in their talents. So each of them just kind of bungle and bounce off of each other. This is also the other reason I like this episode. They have brought in a lot of guest stars, all of whom have pretty distended personalities, 
And all of them are bouncing off of each other constantly, verbally, obviously. Now, I do like the idea of switching, okay, hang on. Why don't we do a trade? Instead of trying to, to sneak in and, and recapture her, we'll have to go and trade. This is when Keevan enters the episode. And when Kira's bit enters the episode, and Kira says, you know, I owe you for, for rescuing me during the Dominion occupation. And Quark's like, you know, it's just a nice little moment. And, <laughs> and it just shows, I, I, I don't have much to say about the middle chunk of the episode, because it's just, it's just fun. It's just everyone bouncing off of each other. It also shows how Quark really is a people person and really knows how to negotiate well, something he has been demonstrated being good at several times. He reaches out to the, uh, to the Vorta, the one bit played by Iggy Pop, who, I am sad to say, really is the weakest spot of the entire episode. He is very wooden in his role there, and he kind of sucks. I, I, I hate to say that. If I was to be bold, I would say it's not necessarily Iggy Pop's fault, per se, it's that that is really not who he should have played. He should have played one of the Ferengi. Or something, right? He shouldn't play... He shouldn't try to be playing Wiyun, basically. He shouldn't be a Vorta. Anyways. So, they, you know, they... Oh my god, Keevan's getting away. Run, 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 run. Oh god, they're here. Okay, run, run, run. Oh god, there's lots of gem and What do we do? That leads to the negotiation scene. Like I said, Quark manages to successfully na navigate the negotiation by basically saying, yes... You could just kill us all, but what you will gain is less than what we are offering you. In short, he basically tries to bribe him. You'll get Keevan alive, and you can figure out whatever you want from him. All we're asking for is her. Okay, that seems like a fair trade. But then he asks for assurances, which is logical, and the, 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 the Iggy Pop actually goes along with it, because why wouldn't he? Alright, I'll send off all my Jim Hunter except for two. And send off the ship. We'll stay here. We'll make the trade. You'll leave. My Jim Hunter will come back. We'll leave. It's actually pretty airtight as far as negotiations go. In fact, this all would have gone very smoothly and flawlessly if not for the fact that Rom decided to mention the 50 bars, which then led to an argument, which then led to Gala trying to kill Quark, because someone who has no problem killing millions of people probably doesn't have anything wrong with trying to kill his cousin. And then that leads to Keevan's death. And congratulations, you have just successfully navigated negotiating with the Dominion. And now you have just lost your negotiating chip. Congratulations, you idiot. Now this does end up working out, because thankfully Nog is there, and he does have tech expertise, so he can help work along with uh, Rom, I would say. Although Rom doesn't get involved that much for some reason. And they decide to go ahead and figure this out, which leads to something I just absolutely adore. Really. How many of you liked Rocks and Shoals? I did. It's a good episode, I thought. How many of you hated Keevan from that episode? Well, guess what? Not only is Keevan dead, but he just keeps bonking into the bulkhead over and over. And will do so basically until his neurons break down. Until his body physically decays to the point where it can't function anymore. <laughs> There's even this bit where Quark's like, well, you can't have to stop doing it. And Nog's like, I can't. It won't take any more signals. And the episode even ends on the shot of Keith. Just bong. Bong. I love it. 
I love it. And hey, they even get a new Vorta prisoner to give back to the Federation. You're welcome. All in all, quite a win. And they get to feel like heroes because they actually are. Even if they just made the trade, that was still a pretty, pretty successful, pretty, pretty impressive trade. But now, oh, now they get away with a real prize. I like this episode. And that's good, because that's another episode after Cordially Invited, which is good, which I just keep pointing out to make my point about the whole, you know, resurrection episode. Now, unfortunately, our good, our good luck cannot hold. Because if memory serves, I'm going to look this up very briefly. Give me one second. Yep. Next week is Waltz. I'll see you there, guys.